Hello and welcome to Dungeon Jedi Masters, a podcast discussing everything Star Wars 5e. My name is Todd, I've got Tegan here, and we're looking forward to jumping into hyperspace with you. Let's go! Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dungeon Jedi Masters podcast, season four, episode 15. Tegan, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Back from Gen Con. I played a lot of fun games and looking forward to getting more Star Wars 5e content. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have to further dive into that uh, maybe in another episode or something, see what you learned. You know, we're always talking about borrow from other games, so I'm sure there's a lot of value there. Uh, but yeah, we're going to get into Star Wars 5e here as we usually do. And specifically today, we're going to talk about play-by-post games and using the Avray dice bot for that. We have some specific questions about that. And I think there'll be a good thing to kind of show how this, uh, a tool that's already really ingrained with traditional 5e, and there's a few little things to make it work for Star Wars 5e. So we're going to dive into that. Of course, first, be sure to check out DungeonJediMasters.com for access to all of our content, including this podcast our Instagram and Twitter for content updates, uh, YouTube for VODs of actual plays and tutorial videos like that. And uh, Tegan, over on your channel on YouTube is our current uh, actual play going on uh, occupation. Tell us about that. Okay, so we've had our session one, which as of today should be, uh, the VOD should be on uh, Dungeons & Dragons Masters YouTube. So check that out if you haven't. Uh, but yeah, so uh, we were diving into the next week after this airs, the se- session two of Occupation. You got to meet the crew, got to see a little bit of the premise. Uh, and the next session, we're going to pull it together a little bit more and kind of seeing what types of adventures and missions the crew will be undertaking to defend against the monstrous Yuzon Vong. Uh, so come through, get to learn more about the crew, more about the setting. Uh, it's kind of see everything gels together. Uh, and also, uh, we're doing some boundary practice uh, as well. This uh this today uh we're not framing that one though but just to get a little more familiar with foundry for the whole table uh so we'll be a little bit smoother on the foundry side next time (laughs) fantastic this uh, occupation is the first time on foundry right invasion wasn't yeah invasion was on roll 20 and i uh, this is my first star wars 5e campaign on foundry i've done some pathfinder but i made the mistake of assuming that they were basically the same for how everything functioned and uh, so, yeah, definitely doing some refreshers uh, for this uh, Tuesday for me. And I think about three-fourths of the crew. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. As we know, such a great system. We had somebody else recently on the Discord asking about uh, running a game and utilizing BTTs and things like that. And, of course, you know, you always have to mention Foundry because we have that wonderful, dedicated team working on the module for that, keeping it up to date and, and things. I haven't been in it myself in a while. I'm sure there's just some wonderful updates and, you know, bringing any, everything in. So, you know, of course, if you haven't, check that out. And, you know, go uh, watch Occupation and get a preview in that regard. Uh, so we'll be uh, going live 7 p.m. Eastern time on my YouTube channel, Tegan J Gaming, for live live plays uh, of the episodes. If you want to catch the VODs on demand, uh, they'll be on uh, Dungeon and Masters the week after. So keep an eye out for Tuesdays. You'll get some good occupation content. Absolutely. We will see you all there. Last bit for the front end for us is our Patreon. That is the best way to support the content we create. And we like to try and give a little bit back in regards to uh, some exclusive content, things like that. We have two new tier two members, VBC 
a yearly subscriber there taking advantage of the year discount and then joseph uh, both tier two thank you very much and to all of our existing subscribers there we appreciate it uh those tier two and tier three members do gain access to our patreon content if you're at tier three you gain access to our play by post games we run on the discord uh, i do have some room in mine if you're a tier three member or want to join tier three and hop into the play by post game just reach out to me and we can uh, see about getting that going Speaking of that exclusive content with Patreon, uh, our next piece is that community-inspired uh, adventure. And this quarter, we're doing our Ocean Jungle World Hex uh, Locale. And we always like to do a community-based um, adventure with your input. So Tegan, tell us how the community can help with that. Definitely. So this is our third time doing it. We've had some really cool adventures come out of it. In the cityscape, we had the uh, Romeo versus Juliet star-crossed lovers uh, mixed with crime bosses like the Exchange and uh, the Hot Cartels. Uh, and then the Desert Planet, we had our Cotton Temple uh, diving through the sands, all based off of the community submissions. I'm really looking forward to going, seeing what you guys do with the jungle oceanic worlds. Uh, think Yavin, think Harwin Kyle, think... Uh, uh, there's more oh, indoor, yeah, indoor. Got a big one. Bring some cool ideas on that side, and to do so, you can reach our survey uh, and just put in like a quick couple sentences for an idea premise that you have uh, regarding an adventure that could happen uh, within the jungle or oceanic world. Uh, and what we're going to do is like we've done last few times is we kind of mix and match some of the ideas uh, to really make a truly community-inspired adventure. So throw in any cool ideas you have, and we'll see what it turns out to be. So make sure it's going to be. A attached to the episode notes uh go through put them in uh, and let us know what cool things uh, you guys are thinking of absolutely so check that out let us know and then look forward to that piece uh so there'll be early access to tier three members on the 29th of august and then the following tuesday on the 5th of uh whatever comes after august september uh will be released for tier two members for that so keep an eye out for that all right i think that's everything on the front end we can dive into our discussion here today on specifically using Avray for Star Wars 5e uh, play by post games. Tegan, we both run play by post games. We've done it outside of Star Wars 5e, um, or at least within the Patreon. I love play by post games. I think it's a fantastic format. We've talked about it a lot. Uh, I'll also plug right now our previous episode with Risen Zed. I think that was this year, this season yet. I I forget uh, times a blur. Last but... season, I think I was in October first of the time. Okay. Uh, so All right. Uh, so yeah, it was it was a while ago. Uh, but um, yeah, Risen Zed came on and talked. We talked about running play by post games. Uh, with him. So uh, check that out. More about the format specifically. Today, we're going to get into using Avray uh, for that. So Avray is this dice bot that I think started independently, but was specifically for 5e. And I do believe, uh, you know, I don't know, Wizards or D&D Beyond, somebody as things go picked it up. And, you know, now there's full integration, I believe, with D&D Beyond and things like that. So if you're using it for traditional 5e, you know, that's awesome. Some of you out there probably are maybe more familiar in that regard than I am because I haven't utilized it for that. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of functions there. But it is definitely usable with Star Wars 5e with the little tweaks, the little simple edits. Um, the first thing I want to say off the bat, and I, I said this to one of our um, members on the Discord, was keep it simple. Really, you could get away with just a, a, any generic dice bot and just do rolls manually and, and all you need to do. That's going to get you by for Star Wars 5e play by post. 
Uh, but there is some things that quality of life things that Avray brings to the table, uh, which we'll talk about here. So, but even when you get into Avray, still kind of aim to keep it simple and then slowly introduce things as you go along. Tegan, any thoughts from you kind of at the top here about, uh, you know, that discussion there on, on using Avray for the first time? Definitely. And I will say, uh, so it was uh, D&D Beyond bought Avray, and then Wizards of the Coast bought D&D Beyond. So a long chain yeah. of buys on yeah. that side. Uh, actually, I've done a, a heavily modified traditional 5e game on there. It runs super smooth, uh, really. But it's kind of, they did a very good job for traditional D&D. But for running with Star Wars 5e, it does help a lot. One of the biggest things, as Todd said, to keep it simple, and one of the nice things about using the dice bot like Avray that can link to a character sheet is that people can like play mobile. Because uh, a lot of times uh, they may be on their phone and want to do a quick roll when their turn comes up, they can make their attacks, use their skills without having to pull up their character sheet, uh, which on mobile, if you're using the, the the Google Drive character sheets, they can be a little or some people a little bit unwieldy to look at at mobile. Uh, and this way they can still roll, they can keep the game moving and keep, keep everybody engaged. So yeah, keeping it simple and keeping it accessible, I'll say. Yeah, I think that's an excellent point that this integration with uh, Avray does that. It, it, you know, if you're just using a dice bot, uh, you'd have to reference your character sheet somewhere, and that's going to be a hang up, obviously. So, so let's talk. Um, well, first thing I wanted to dive into, I think the character sheet is a great one to touch on. But first, real quick, is kind of channel setup, and this goes a little bit beyond Avray uh, general P uh, play by post, but I think touch on it anyway. So for channel setup, and these are just our personal suggestions here. Obviously, you can do it however you want, but I think a good structure is have a kind of general chat uh, meta channel that will be you know gameplay based you might have if it's a discord exclusively for your game you might have one that's a true general chat like about anything and then you'll want one that is basically out of character conversations but related to the game questions that the players want to ask the gm and things like that um, and then obviously you're going to have an rp channel where it's all going to be only role play in character language things like that and then lastly, a dice channel. I'm in a different game uh, with Mothership RPG, and they are actually running the dice within the RP channel. And at first I was I was really against that, but it's not a dice heavy game. There's not a lot of rolls or the rolls aren't, you know, they're not involved and it works really well. But for Star Wars 5e with Avray, I really would suggest a separate dice channel Tegan's not in his head there. I think he would agree, especially when you get into combat, there's going to be a lot of rolls and that's going to be too much, I think, for one channel. So I definitely would suggest that. Tegan, any adjustments to that kind of main structure on your end for channel setup? No, I highly agree there. And yeah, especially for Star Wars 5e, D&D 5e, any system that's going to have a lot of rolls, make a separate dice channel because the uh, People will input the commands in like incorrectly sometimes and it will just clog up the flow. And you want to be able to go back and especially as a game master, but even a player, go back and clearly read what occurred in the RP, especially because PvP moves a little bit slower. Uh sometimes you anybody you may need a little bit of a refresh. So keep it separate, keep it easy to read for everybody. But yeah, the general channel, RP channel, dice channel, great for PvP. Great even if you're you're just setting up a any game server and i think having those three there just allows everything to be smooth and especially can even encourage your players to do out of session rp which is always fun too yeah always yeah. always really fun to include that uh potential additions i would add um probably one for yourself as gm if you don't already have those channels uh for notes um maybe one that's like a, a character sheet channel you could call it where it's real specific character info 
um, do that. I would maybe do uh, threads. Uh, Discord has threads now, which at first I, I hated that feature, but I think there's a lot of value there uh, with maybe you have two characters that have a, a existing relationship, create a thread for them. You can actually bounce out of that as a GM so you don't really see anything if you don't want. And um, then that's their kind of discussion thing. I would create a thread for all the players. I have that in uh, the Star Wars 5e game I'm running. So that's just their personal little conversation. I'm out of that. I don't really see it. Uh, so they can discuss things as they wish. Um, so those would be a couple additions I would consider. Anything uh, that you would add to that, Tegan? I like having updates, uh, especially if I play by a post, like an updates thread. Uh, it's usually where I put if everybody has to make a save or a couple people have to make a save that they have to put that there. Uh, it's a thread that I lock to make sure that I'm the only one that can post in it so it doesn't get cluttered with other messages so people know exactly what they need to do, what check or what save they need to make. And also while doing combat, I usually try to each or every couple turns put a picture of the map in there just so people know what's going on and can see where everybody's at in case they are mobile. They can say, hey, move me over here and I want to do such and such. Yeah, yeah, I think that's good. We're, we're definitely going to talk about maps and things later on. I personally use those within the combat channel, but I think having that updates channel is good. So it's it's a reference there. Uh, the one other two addition I would also suggest is a testing channel for the bot. We have one on our, on the Discord here. So you know, if everyone's new to Avray, there's going to be a lot of stuff and that stuff gets spammy. So just have a separate channel, just mute it and, and everything and let players go in there and play around if they want to learn. I think that's always helpful as well. So you're not trying to do that in the middle of a game or doing updates to character sheets, things like that. So, all right. Anyway, that's a quick, you know, or maybe not so quick, a rundown of channel setup that we suggest there. But yeah, let's get into that character sheet. Uh, so this is really where I think using Avray is great for running Star Wars 5e. Uh, and, and I think you need to use the Google Sheet version. So there's, I think, three total ways to connect. There's the Google Sheet, there's D&D Beyond, and I thought there was a third option out there for Character Sheet. I forget, but those two at least. Obviously, you can't use D&D Beyond for Star Wars 5e, so we have to resort to that Google Sheet but it's really straightforward. It's done very well. It looks like the character, like it looks like the 5e character sheet, but it's easy to utilize. And there's a few changes that you have to make uh, for the skills. I forget which they are. Tegan, do you know off the top of your head? Religion uh, becomes, I forget which one they become, but religion's off the table, arcana's off the table, uh, as well as history. history. So history becomes lore. that's the easy one. But then religion and um, piloting and technology is what's added in. Probably, yeah. So piloting technology, probably arcana technology, and then um, religion piloting. I forgot what they equate to because we did set aliases for them. But those are the three ones that are different between traditional 5e and this one. Absolutely. And I do believe on the character sheet, like they'll be tied to the certain um, governing ability. So there, you know, you do want to be specific on on what uh, what one you add in there, uh, and we'll probably put the supplement to this uh, episode, you know, on on the Discord or something that has some of this extra info. Um, so that's one of the big things there is just those skills you need to make sure you adjust there. You can, uh, I think, depending on the character sheet, there's two versions of the character sheet. I will always use the earlier version. It's it doesn't do some of the auto calculations and and things, but I think it you have less potential to running into issues because of that. But then as long as you're only editing text and not a formula on that sheet, you can change that text on the character sheet for those skills. So 
change religion to piloting if that's what it is. So then you can see that and know what it is for that. So that's the big thing there. I think everything else pretty much runs as normal. There's no other changes to make. And then you just import it into Avray and then you're pretty much ready to go and you can start calling uh, commands, calling attacks, calling roles. For anyone that doesn't know, a standard call uh, out of the box, uh, depending on what your call um, symbol is, I think it might default to exclamation point with Avray. So exclamation point, and then if you want to do a skill check, it would be, what is it, Tegan? Is it S or C? It's C, check, because S is for save. So it would be exclamation point C, space, and then whatever it is. So you could do like, if it was an existing 5B skill, so acrobatics, you could just say exclamation point C, a space and then acrobatics and then it'll roll it'll pull that from the character sheet with your modifier it's all ready to go it shows a nice little box of text and it's all stylized real nicely and there you go that's what tegan was talking about earlier with if you're on your phone you don't have to have your character sheet you can just call that skill and it works um, for those skills though we'll talk about aliases uh, tegan you want to tell us a little bit about aliases what you're familiar with them and how we use them Definitely. It's been a little while since I've set up an alias, but one of the nice pieces are uh, with because you can use the traditional 5e sheet for your character sheet, the G sheet. Uh, but if you wanted to make it so you could put an alias in to use sub uh, nature for uh, or not nature, sub uh, religion for technology, you could do so to set up, set it up on that side, put the code in. You only have to do it once. And afterwards, you can put I technology, I uh, piloting I, whatever it is, or sorry, exclamation point, whatever it is, uh, and it'll roll that skill for you so you don't have to go and look it up. You don't have to use the old old name for it for 5e. You can just keep going and keep everything flowing there. And one of the nice things, too, all three of the skills that are different from 5e to Star Wars 5e are all intelligence, too. So it does keep it easy on that side with knowing what modifiers are going to be affected, too. Awesome. Yeah, that's good to know. And just to kind of back up on aliases and what those are in general, aliases uh, within the context of Avery here is just a, I don't know, a, a an alias. It's a shortcut or something for really a command, anything you want to do. Uh, if you dive into what Avery can do, there are some really extensive things that it can do. And obviously you wouldn't want to write out all that code. So you just create an alias. So for example, exclamation point, bargain just where that came to my head and then it would run a code based on whatever that is so what we do as well um you can even bypass that exclamation point c space whatever for the check and just do the skill so it's exclamation point piloting you do have to set all those up as uh, aliases definitely recommended there might be a way to do them all at once so in one go and you're not doing them individually but it's really helpful because then players just know i need to make a um investigation check exclamation point investigation and it runs so uh super cool you can do aliases for combat for like attacks and and other things like that so dive into what aliases can do uh, they're not super difficult to set up and and they do a lot of cool things you can stylize some of the text that it prints out when it goes and uh, but that's one of the big things at least you know we talk about that kind of keep things simple character sheets those three skills you need to change and then setting up aliases for those so that it says what you want it to say. All right, uh, let's dive into combat. Combat's gonna be probably this other, the biggest aspect here. And I think one of the big reasons why you'd wanna utilize Avray, um, I had mentioned obviously the, the initiative tracker and you know HP tracking is super, super awesome. Also like 
AC tracking and things. I was utilizing that the other day as well. Uh, Tegan, go ahead and give me though, kind of your general thoughts on combat with Avray and maybe some tips on managing that. Definitely. It saves a lot of time uh, just being able to have, because uh, nice one of the nice things too, especially when you get into combat, it pins the initiative to your dice channel so people can see when they're coming up, who's up now. Uh, and it just gives everybody a, a good chance to kind of prepare for their turns and know what to expect. Uh, but definitely the big things for it are the HP tracking, the AC tracking for your, your players. You can go through and minus their HP when they're hit or get uh, add it when they're healed. And it just allows a lot less note tracking for both your players as well as yourself for that side because you know exactly what the players are doing kind of how they're feeling and then you can keep and you can use every to keep uh, track of your monsters too uh to do that you have to input them into it the system so it kind of depends on where your preference is on that side typically for my monsters i usually just keep track on uh one of my own little discord threads uh so i know where everybody's at but you can definitely utilize it through the uh the avri tracker too just kind of depends where you want to go with it and kind of how accessible you want the information to be for the players too yeah it's a good point with the monsters the enemies you have to you know obviously they're not going to be built in so you can't use some of that built-in features because some of the at least the core creatures enemies in the DD 5e core rulebook would be included so you could call a you know wolf or whatever a skeleton and there will be full stats and and attacks and everything built in but obviously we don't have that with star wars 5e here so you just have to run it really minimally and and i think that's the way you want to do it anyway um you know but you could still you still add a combatant to the add initiative order once everyone rolls and have them on there tegan i don't know if you've been doing this but i did this in my last combat is actually using the target uh modifier target argument argument and I had enemies targeting my players. And if it was a successful hit, it automatically calculated the damage from their HP. So super cool feature I came across. And yeah, it does everything for you. So, it, so you need to have that information in there. But yeah, it would just show, all right, that player was hit. They were reduced by X HP. And that saves a lot of time too from having people to manually do it themselves. Um, so that's one cool little feature there, which you can get into. Yeah, so you know, otherwise it's it's going through the initiative order. It'll tag people when it's their turn, and you know, basic attacks are just that, pretty much basic attacks. You can call them via an alias or, you know, doing an attack roll with an avray. Uh, let's talk about powers uh, for this, aka spells. Um, this is probably going to be where you're going to have to just really do it manually because uh, avray is not going to have the information. One thing I would call out for attacks before we move too far from that. Uh, the nice thing with the G-Sheets is when you put in, like, the weapon attack bars, you can name it whatever you want to. So if you want to say blaster rifle in there versus, like, short sword or bow, bow like traditional 5e, you can put blaster rifle in there. And as long as you have your modifier as an attack damage in there correctly, you can put I, or I keep saying I, exclamation point A, blaster rifle, because uh, exclamation point A is what you do for attack stuff. And it'll pull from your G-Sheet whatever you've included in there for your attacks and it'll roll it automatically for you. So that way you don't have to go in and look up your modifiers or even use the aliases for that one. You can just make the alias right in the G sheet there. So definitely one of my favorite features there for when I'm a player or uh, even working with the, uh, the the players when I'm a GM. Yeah, absolutely. One little thing I'll mention, it, if your name has a space in it, so like blaster rifle, sometimes it may yell at you and say which one did you mean if you have multiple things that it may think of. So that's just a consideration. If someone out there you like 
you know, try to call blast a rifle and it says, which one did you mean? It'll give you options. Then you just press one, two, three, four, five, whatever uh, to go forward. So, so either just don't put a space and just know that it's, it's all one word or um, just know that you might have to dance around that. So good, good uh, call out there though. Definitely. All right. Uh, powers spells. Uh, how do you manage those Tegan for your games? Yeah, typically uh, uh, the best way to do it is just to, uh, type in whatever the power is manually and so if it's a fireball just kind of roll ir uh what's 86 and kind of do that and have whatever monsters are going up against it or the players make their saves that's the easiest way you can do it uh some of the oh well actually i should say change that so for explosion for star wars 5e if you wanted to be lazy about it you could put exp, uh fireball in and avari does know what fireball is i forgot what the command is for spells but you can do that so for some of those ones that have an equivalent pretty easy to do but i think the easiest way versus looking all those up is just to use a dice roller and call out whatever save it is that needs to be made yeah every at its core is a dice bot so you can just do manual rolls and i think that's a great uh great way to do this so in that case as you said uh explosion you know i think there's not an attack roll on that one right it's a save I forget. Save, yeah, yeah, it's a save. So, you know, that one would be if, if you're casting that as a player, the GM is probably going to be making some saves. So they'll go through those motions. And then if they pass fail, then roll the damage, um, you know, manually again, and then just dole it out as as needed. So uh, for that, that's going to be the best way to do it. Some of these spells, these powers have uh, some strange conditions or strange effects and things like that. And it's just stuff you have to, I mean, really just as you would around the table, you know, pencil and paper, you know, you don't have anything doing automation. You have to keep track of it. And that's really, you know, what you're going to have to do for that. All right, so uh, yeah, moving on from attacks, powers. Um, as we said, you know, power is pretty manual. We kind of touched on special features are already included in powers, or I guess other special features. Maybe you have what some of the uh, like rage uh, that Berserker has, or some of those things. Again, there are some of those built into Avray if they're already based on Five E. But I really think that you know a lot of that stuff you just kind of manually track and maybe do some trial and error when you want to, when you can to figure some of that stuff out, uh, if it works out. Uh, any of that stuff you've run into, Tegan, that uh, you know you that works well and you utilize? Yeah, so if the, you're using a big feature like sneak attack, rage, second wind, um, some of those core features of like 5e that translate directly into Star Wars 5e, you can use a variety for that. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, it's easier easier just to input it in manually. You can do some trial and error and some aliases if you, you'd like to to have it a little bit more efficient for yourself. But usually just using that dice roller would be the, the, the most efficient path forward. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, you know, death saves are built in. So that's, you know, one kind of special feature that's there, which is cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, we mentioned this earlier. Let's talk about maps related to combat. Um, you know, maps are obviously a really big part of the game and something we're going to need to utilize. And so there's... You know, maybe a little extra work um, when you're doing it via play by post um, just because of the way that updates are going to work. But really, in the end, it's not that uh, big a deal. I'm going to mention right away because I probably won't touch on it too much. There is a map integration uh, with Avray that, you know, does have some good features that kind of helps uh, once it's all set up you know, kind of automates the movement and stuff, but there is a lot of setup. It's it's a bit involved. If you just throw it out there that it's out there, if you want to look into it, um, but it's not something we're going to suggest because it is quite involved. I know, Tegan, you ran it once with it. One or two combats with it, but yeah, it's, it's 
Uh, it's it works very well because it's all right in the Evry channel. Everybody can see it. Uh, they don't have to go to another site to view the map. But it, it takes a lot of setup, and even once it's set up, uh, there's a lot of um, di not dice rolls, but a lot of codes input to move tokens along the map and the spots you want them at. And I felt like it was just more of a headache than it was worth. But that was two or three years ago now, so they made it better now. I have not looked at it yeah. since. Uh, but yeah, it was a pain back when I tried it. Yeah, I think just you know at least speak for myself again keeping it simple uh so my suggestion is just use an external program for your map so a vtt foundry roll 20 whatever or a great one that i utilize owlbear rodeo actually i do a lot of stuff sometimes in illustrator adobe programs just because that's what i know and i can quickly pull it up and edit um, but owlbear rodeo is this other really cool kind of it's technically a virtual tabletop um that's really easy quick on there it's not something you need to give your players access so it's just for you as a gm put your map on there put your tokens and then move them around as you need to uh if you can i know in albert rodeo uh you'd be able to you should be able to do this in foundry and roll 20 as well but draw on this be my big tip grid coordinates along the sides of the map so if you have a map you know, on the left side, maybe do numbers, one through whatever, and then along the top row, letters. So then you can say like, you know, classic battleship, game of battleship. I wanna to move to I-7 or G-13. Um, and that really helps in, in play by post for players to narrow in on where they are, where they wanna be, et cetera, things like that. Um, and then you're basically gonna just, you know, take snapshots of the map as you go along and repost any updates as much as you want, need uh, within that channel. Uh, Tegan, as you said, you do that in the updates channel, which I think is great. Tell us about your uh, kind of management for maps and combat. So I use Roll20 for that. I just kind of used, started with Roll20. I was still using Roll20 as my primary VTT back when I started the play-by-post. Uh, but yeah, so I've got it on there. I give the players access to it as well as control of their tokens. So if they're able to have time when they're doing their turn, they can move it their, their token precisely to where they want it to, uh, which saves me some time, which I kind of they get it right to where they need to without having a discussion on that side. Uh, and they get to have a better lay of the map. They can kind of go through and measure stuff and do all the cool VTT stuff on that side. Uh, yeah, and that, that's usually what I do, but I definitely um, throw copies of the map up into updates just so they kind of know what the scene is, and especially if they're coming off mobile or if because uh, the play-by-post turns can sometimes take a decent bit of time. If it's been a bit since they've been into the Roll20, they can just go into more updates, see exactly what's going on, and formulate the turn from there. Yeah, yeah, I think that works. You, you know, I wouldn't shy away from having the players utilize the VTT. Uh, just try out whatever works for the group. And, um, you know, I think just know, though, I think the, the best practice is, you know, having those snapshots of the map so that you can throw that into the channel and then everyone can see that. That's the easiest place to access that and then go from there uh, for that. So, I mean, that really covers that. Uh, I'm sure there's some other options out there. Um, but yeah, and I think that pretty much wraps up combat. Uh, you know, there, as we said, there's there's a lot of options that you can do. You can look into what Avery can do. But at the end of it, just keep it simple. And, uh, you know, the initiative tracker, that's probably the biggest one, kind of keep turns going, things like that. All right. Uh, you know, as we kind of wrap up the conversation, uh, you know, we're going to some maybe other tips and tricks that we think of. Uh, something recently that also made me think of this conversation today, uh, that other game I mentioned earlier, um, some other bots that you might utilize in Discord for your game. Uh, I want to mention uh, Tupperbox, I do believe is the full name of it. 
um, that's again in that other game I was in, it was being utilized and it was, it's fantastic. So it's this, uh, bot that kind of creates an alias for you, uh, in discord, like an alias account. And you can go on and, and you as a discord user can link your account and then you'll have a dashboard to easily create these, you know, all these aliases, I'm going to call them as a player, you can create, you know, your, your Tupper, uh, I believe they call them, and then you will post as your character. Um, so it's really, it's almost this kind of like immersion piece where in your RP channel, it's coming from Qui-Gon Jinn as opposed to, you know, Todd Moonbounce, the username Todd Moonbounce, right? It's always going to show up. You can have a custom profile picture of your character and you just enter in a special little command and uh, then type after that and then it posts on their behalf as if they are talking. I love it for GMs because then as a GM, you can create multiple of these tuppers for your NPCs. And then it shows that the NPC is talking. Um, you have multiple different characters. It's really cool, really cool way to kind of just ramp up that immersion a little bit more in the game. So something I'm going to start using going forward in my games and see how it plays out. But I think it's going to be a really cool feature there. So Tupper Box is that one. Any other bots that you can think of, Tegan, that might be useful that you've come across? Uh, for Star Wars 5e, I think a variety does a lot of what you, you needed to do. The Tupper Box sounds pretty sick. I have to check that one out myself. Uh, I know there's other bots for other systems, though. So if you do find like a new tabletop RPG you want to play and you want to make sure it has a bot that runs with it, um, go dive through, do some quick Google searching and see kind of what the system offers. Uh, kind of uh, the PBTA ones have a good one that fits usually pretty well with the Forge and the Dark stuff. Uh, and there's usually like, I think most of them have some type of good dice software that's compatible and you can make sure you can run your game, even if it's outside of the 5e space. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's even if you, you wanted to go very bare bones, you know, you don't even need Avray. Um, you could just go, there's lots of other dice spots. Uh, you just do them in that regard. Of course, we think that, you know, we suggest Avray because of the integrations that are available. Um, and, and so there's good use for that. But at the end of the day, you could just get a basic dice spot and go from there. So yeah, if you have any dice spots out there that you're using that you think are really helpful uh, in this regard with, with play by post, uh, let us know, definitely. And lastly, we'll wrap it up, though. Any other tips and tricks in regards to running play-by-post, a Star Wars 5e specifically or in general? Tegan, I'll let you go first. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, uh, I think the biggest thing is just keep it simple for your players. Keep it accessible with the you know, variety, the dice sheets, uh, the, the G sheets and all that. Uh, just make it quick and easy. Uh, make them a lot of opportunities to see what's going on in the map and kind of what's going on. Uh, if you're using combat, kind of what's taking place on the virtual tabletop. Uh, but yeah, the big thing, just don't overcomplicate it. Make the mechanics piece run smoothly. Uh, and then luckily with play-by-post, you've got time on that side. So if you make it smooth and accessible, players will be able to quickly go through and figure out what they need to do. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, general play-by-post tip. You know, we said this in our previous episode. Uh, make sure you stay on top of it. Uh, this is for players and GMs. Make sure you're pinging each other if there's ever a lull. Sometimes that can happen in these games just because of the format. So stay on top of it. Uh, more specifically to using Avray uh, or any dice bot in general with play by post. I guess it's a little more general tip. But uh, one thing I always do is, and I guess specifically to Avray because you call for a roll, is always use the first roll. So if someone calls investigation, but they meant some other skill, the dice will tell you what you rolled. 
And then if the modifier is different, just manually change it and say, all right, well, it's actually a 13 plus three instead of a 13 plus one or whatever. Uh, it's just kind of my little thing is because the players will be going there and they're like, oh, I'll roll it again. And then you're going to get a really different outcome. And, you know, if it's a good outcome for the player, cool. But if it's a bad outcome, they're going to feel bad. You know, that's kind of my rule is you stick with the dice you rolled first time. And then that way, there's no question of, you know, that new that new role could have an impact uh, on the game in a, in a potentially negative way there. But I think otherwise, yeah, I think Tegan, you covered everything else. It It's very complex. It, it can be complex, I'll say, Avery, but it's not that difficult to set up uh, to begin with. I think it's pretty easy to get up and going, invite it to your Discord and play around with it. That's a big thing too, I'd say, is just play around with it. See what uh, what it can do. There's a lot of cool things once you get in there. Even in the little like flavor text and stuff you can add to uh, to the messages it posts, a lot of cool things like that. Definitely. And what I usually recommend doing is uh, if you have your own server, just make a little bot channel that's private to you and just mess around with it. You can start combat in the bot channel, end combat, add minus HP, all the stuff that you need to do in a real combat. Just write in that bot channel and figure out exactly how it works. So you don't have to kind of ping your players a billion times to try to figure out how a command goes down. Yeah, absolutely. You can do a lot of stuff uh, in direct message with Avery as well. Um, if you ever call the help command, it'll send you a direct message and give you all the information there. That's a great resource. But you can actually run combat. I believe you can run combat in, uh, maybe not combat, but you can call for attacks and other things in that private message with Avery as well. So that's another option uh, to, to do. And then it's all right there if you're calling for help commands to see what options are there, play with them and things like that. So. Yeah. Any other final thoughts on using Avery for play-by-post or play-by-post in general, Tegan? Yeah, nothing major on that side. I think it's just a great resource to be able to make it more accessible when people are on the go, uh, especially if people are trying sneak rolls in at work or when they're out and about. This is a great way they can still keep the game moving without needing to pull up their laptop, pull up their sheets and all that. They can just type in a quick command and keep everything going. Absolutely. All right. Well, if you use Avery for your play by play by post game and uh, have a tip for us that we didn't mention, please let us know. Uh, or if you're getting into it and you have further questions about it, uh, please reach out as well in that regard. Again, thank you, everyone. We hope this was a lot of help to those diving into this platform, this format, play by post. Next episode, uh, we're not sure yet, hoping for a DM spotlight there. So we will potentially have that beginning of September there on the 5th, uh, not two weeks from now, just because of the extra week in August. So we'll be back on Tuesday, the 5th of September with a new episode there. In the meantime, make sure you go check out Occupation over on uh, Tegan's YouTube channel. Go ahead and give us another plug for that. Check out session two of Occupation. Uh, you're going to see a little bit of how the faction mechanics work with this new campaign. So make sure to check us out 7 p.m. Eastern time uh, for live viewing at my channel, Tegan J Gaming, uh, next Tuesday. But if you want to watch it on uh, afterwards, the VODs, check them out right out here on Dungeon Jedi Masters a week after the first airing. All right. Well, that is it for us. Thank you, everyone, to all of our followers, listeners, and subscribers. We will see you on the next one. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with you.